Welcome in to Bears Weekly, a Chicago Bears Network production. Download the Chicago Bears official app, brought to you by Verizon, to follow the team on the go. Bears Weekly is brought to you by Advocate Healthcare, Athletico Physical Therapy, Bet Rivers, CDW, Connie's Pizza, IGS Energy, and Miller Lite. Here are your hosts, Jeff Choniak, a.k.a. the Mayor of Bearsville, and his sidekick, Tom the Surfmaster Thayer. It's the end of the line, but a bright beginning to what promises to be a memorable offseason. The Bears, a completely different unit with a fresh attitude, developing players, and the number one overall pick in the upcoming draft. Excellent draft capital. Strong salary cap heading in to the 2024 free agency period. So this is the place to be. It is Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000 of the Bears Radio Network. I'm Jeff Joniak with Super Bowl Bear Tom Thayer. Thanks to Jordan Treadup and Dan Brilli, the birthday boy from the Bears. And tonight on the ESPN 1000 studios, Kevin Zipak and Sean Graney. Spin of the dials, our executive producer of the Bears Radio Network is Eric Ostrowski coming up at 610. Bears rookie right tackle Darnell Wright, a sit-down with me earlier this week. And, Tom, happy birthday to Bears owner Virginia Alice McCaskey. Wow. What a what a what a benchmark! What a great person! Uh, what a just a, a beautiful person in this world! And if there was more people like her in this world, it would be a better world. Um, I, I say that with all sincerity. And she's a beautiful person. And um, you know, I know throughout my mom's lifetime, when they had the what, uh, the mothers and girlfriends and wives luncheon. My mom used to look forward to going to that and being able to have a conversation with Virginia McCaskey because if you if I think of two mothers with similarities, uh, both of those people going to church every day and yeah. raising a family and that being the most important part of their lives, um, you know, I can't say enough about her. All right. I, I, on the eve of uh, the Packer game, basically, Packer week, think she's uh, a little excited about this one? Um, as much as I am, as much as you are, as much as I think anybody that's a NFL football fan, you don't necessarily just have to be a bears Packers fan, but it has so much history, so many dominating personalities, so much importance in the role in the NFL. And, um, it, 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 (laughs) I don't know why it is. It just adds such angst to my weeks of the years of my life, whether it be a player or a broadcaster of the Bears-Packers week. Well, I mean, it makes total sense. I mean, it makes – I was just on with Waddle and Sylvie talking about this very topic. I was with Hampton today talking about this very topic. I mean, there's there, – there, it's just – it's ingrained in you guys. Well, the, guy, the guys who played the game and the fans certainly, and, and I don't think it ever – I don't ever want to have anybody kind of mute the rivalry or poo-poo it or tamp it down or, you know – it is what it is. And the fact is, we're sick of losing to the Packers. Well, it, it's even, you know, stretches beyond that because so there's a golf tournament this weekend that starts a PGA Tour, and it's in Kapalua, it's in Kapalua which is on the island of Maui, a course that I've played plenty of times. But I watch it just to get the visuals of Maui. And so Berman is out there playing, our good, our good friend Chris Berman, and so I talked to him about who he's going to play with yesterday, and he played with Wyndham, Wyndham Clark and Jordan Spieth, and one of my best buddies, Sean St. Clair, is, is, is Berman's caddy. But with all that, <laughs> he brings up the Bears-Packers game. 
So it's not, it, it doesn't, it's not far removed from people's minds who aren't directly, you know, with their feet on the ground in Green Bay or Chicago. It's, it stretches the, the love of the game of football far beyond, yeah. you know, this close radius of Chicago Green Bay. Yeah, and, and I'm glad this game has value uh, beyond just the fact that, hey, it's the last regular season game. The Bears have won seven of their last 12 games. They have a different football team on in all three phases, frankly. But no, no team's resting starters. Nobody's preserving themselves for the playoffs because the Packers haven't been – they haven't had their ticket punched yet. And now I'd like to have a different kind of punch. <laughs> punch them right in the face and end the story <laughs> here of this nine-game losing streak to the Green Bay Packers. So I believe emotions are going to run high in this game. They were. We were talking about this in the lead-up to week one. But as you sit here as an analyst of the game, what the Bears were working themselves into week one against the unknown of Jordan Love, and now we got a pretty good glimpse of what Jordan Love's becoming and what your Justin Fields was going to do in the second year of an offense and the, the improvements personnel-wise on both sides of the ball, what, what was going to happen over the course of the season. I made the comment to these guys uh, earlier in the hour. That game feels like five seasons ago. A lot's happened to the Bears, and a lot's happened to the Packers. And now, I, I it, you know, it's it's a it's a fair fight. It's going to be a good fist fight. Yeah, well, it, you know, the first game of the year. I got to be perfectly honest with you, as a Bear alumni. I was frustrated because I didn't think the Bears did enough during training camp to be prepared for the speed and what the regular season offers you. And I, my, my attitude has completely changed from week one to week 18. I think the development of the linebacker position, Tremaine, Tremaine Edwards and TJ, TJ Edwards and Tremaine have completely changed. The fact that they're starting rookie cornerbacks of the first game of the year, how much my attitude of the defensive backfield has changed. Uh, bringing in Montez Sweat and the rotation of the defensive line and how powerful they can be and how much of game changers in defensive production they can change. Uh, what the offensive line has been able to accomplish and how Chris Morgan has kept that group together. What jo- what uh, Justin has done and how the running back position and the running game has been able to develop. I have a completely different attitude today about this game than I did week one. And since uh, debuting with the Bears in week nine, Montez Sweat and the Bears defense, fifth in the NFL in points per game allowed. Before that, they were 28th in the NFL, averaging nearly 28 points a game. It's a 10-point drop in points. Amazing. That is significant. And it's It's not all him. It's not all him. But he makes a difference. He, well, he does. He makes a difference because now the offensive coordinator or the opponent with Montez Sweat and the, re- and the cast of characters, now he thinks football completely different. He thinks the speed of the game differently. He thinks the ball out of the quarterback's hands in the passing game differently. He thinks point of attack against the running game differently. There's so many things that the offensive coordinator has to think differently with the emergent listen i think tj edwards and uh, and tremaine have as much uh, um uh, as much improvement as the defenses as montez sweat coming aboard 
because I think the way those two guys are playing in the passing game, in the running game, is all is Pro Bowl deserve all pro deserving. I'm not going to say the words Pro Bowl anymore. All pro deserving from that position and what Montez has been able to accomplish. Right, because it's no longer a Pro Bowl game. It's Pro Bowl games. Well, we're not going to yeah. get you going. We're not going to get you going. But when Don't. we come back, I'll tell you what we'll get you going. Darnell Wright, who's had a terrific first start, big first step as a rookie for the Chicago Bears at right tackle. Uh, he has improved. Tevin Jenkins has improved. The Bears' offensive line in general has improved over the course of the season as well. We'll dip into all that. It's coming up next here on Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. Hi, welcome to Bears Weekly. Jeff Joniak along with Tom there. He'll be along in just a while here with Bears starting right tackle. Darnell Wright wrapping up what has been a very impressive rookie season. Uh, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, so you tell me, how, how do you think it's gone? Uh, I think it's been good. I think it's been good. It's been fun. Yeah, fun. And I'll tell you, everything that was said about you turned out to be quite accurate. I know Sam Somerville, the scout that eyeballed you for a long time, coming out of Tennessee, said that you were violent, aggressive, physical, great on your feet. All that has really come to fruition over the course of the season. Uh, how did you think it went in terms of all of that in this offensive line? I think it was it was some good stuff and some bad stuff. A lot of stuff I can learn from going into year two and stuff. Um, but there was some good stuff as well. Yeah, which is always going to be the case, right? The, the rest of your career. I, I, I almost cringe when I hear reporters ask offensive linemen in particular, hey, what do you got to work on? With the kind of coaching you got from Chris Morgan this year, uh, how did he help you elevate your game? The main thing that really uh, helped me at the beginning was, you know, he just um, – he let me, he told me when I was coming in, you know, I can be whatever I want to be. You know what I mean? Like there's college is over, you know, whatever, if, whatever you was in college, you know, you get to be whatever you could be here and, you know, never put a ceiling on anything I could do. You know, just want to help me be as good as I could be. So yeah, he was, he was a good coach for that. Yeah. So. Uh, he, he did a heck of a job. Just, I mean, it's, it's a lot of changes with injuries and whatnot. Uh, what, what did you think? of his coaching style and how he kept that group together. And you guys, I, I, I love it because you guys are right at the top of the charts and the rushing in the NFL. And that's, it's got to start at the offensive line. So what do you think of the job he's done? Yeah, it's been good. I mean, he's the only thing he really cares about, like is obviously football and all that, but like just the people in the room, you know, all of us just being as close as we can and as good as we can. Um, and that's really just the main focus. That's everything else is whatever it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I always felt that, you know, when you're a top 10 pick, the expectations are crazy. Did you, did you personally feel any pressure with that at any point during the season? Or if you just take me back to when you were drafted, because we, we met on day you were after you were drafted, man, you had a ear to ear grin. You, you were loving up the fan. Remember we went to the fan. Oh, that was awesome. So you, you have a great personality, but how, how did you handle all that? Um, yeah, it was, it was a little bit crazy. Um, obviously coming to Chicago with, uh, you know, how or just NFL in general, with the the media and stuff, um, you know, you have to be, you know, you have to do it. You know what I mean? In college, I kind of didn't, I kind of ducked the dodge, but. But you're, you know, like on the ground floor, something special brewing here. I, I know that everybody in that locker room feels it. I've heard it. I've talked to so many guys 
off the record, on the record, do you feel the same way about what's coming? Yeah, I mean, we've been, we're doing really good. I think we just, I think it's a credit to all the guys and the team that just, you know, obviously it's not the season that we wanted. We wanted, I mean, if it's not a Super Bowl, it's not the season that you want, really, you know what I mean? But I feel like it's a credit to everybody, you know, just keep keeping on fighting, not worrying about whatever somebody's talking about or this and that. It's just, just try as hard as you can and see how the chips lay. You know, talking to general manager Ryan Poles throughout the course of the season, we love talking ball and X's and O's. And uh, we agreed on something significant. Tevin, you, a lot of these guys, Braxton, uh, when you when you are pulling, it's a beautiful thing. You're so athletic, and you do it the right way. And the guy on the other end of that pool, God bless them, because they're gonna they're gonna feel you. Um, is that something you really love doing? Uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it is fun. Do, do you do you feel your strength and power in that moment? Like you get ahead of steam. I mean, you're an athletic guy for your size, big time. And uh, when you're motoring like that, I can't think much gets in the way of Darnell Wright in that moment. Yeah, it's just fun. Yeah, it's just fun pulling across. I mean, it's just you get to run a little bit and then make contact. Who were some of your football role models? Uh, I was a I was playing like linebacker, like safety. So I was watching like Ray Lewis, and uh, and then I I wish I was too big to run the ball, but I wanted to be like Devin Hester a little bit. But um, it was really just Ray Lewis and Devin Hester. I would watch their highlights and then not get, not get the ball in the game. But yeah, um, well, yeah. The mentality and the and the and the seriousness of a Ray Lewis and the power and the and the passion for the game. I could see it on tape. I don't even need to talk to you to ask you about it. The Devin angle, that's just pure clean fun right there. And I, I had the opportunity to call nineteen of his twenty returns in his NFL career. So you know, I missed that part of the game. It's all about kicking it out of the back of the end zone now, right? As a as a football. Well, I wouldn't kick it to him either. No, I know, but even today though now, right? Like as a football fan, the kick return is like a home run in baseball. You know, everybody gets up and wait, can't wait, especially if it's a great returner. Even for players, do you think that's missing a little bit now, a little bit? It, yeah, it could be missing. It's fun to see somebody first opening play or even just any play kick off, they take it to the house. But uh, I guess if you can mitigate that, I, mean, I would I would probably do it too. <laughs> yeah, after a while, they didn't want to kick to Devin, that's for sure. Frustrated him. I just, I just met with him in Orlando before our Tampa game, and I, I did, we did like a four-hour interview in his house. It was unbelievable, uh, week, week two before the Tampa game. And uh, I learned things that I never knew about Devin and stuff, and uh, just an amazing – I mean, do you believe he belongs in the Hall of Fame? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully on his third try he'll get in this year because that would be some kind of story. Um, there's great demands in this NFL level. You get meetings galore. It's a full-time job. You're always thinking ball. Uh, what comes with that? How did you handle that? How did you handle the, the new kind of workload for football, being a rookie? Uh, I think, uh, you know, I try to get back into a routine, you know, see what the routine will be for me here, obviously with the new schedule, not going to class and all that. And then um, just relying on some of the guys in the room, asking them what they do, how they – some of the things they do, obviously everybody's different. So some of the things I took from some people, some people I took this and that, and then just kind of crafted my own routine and how I approach it. And, uh, but yeah, as far as handling it, I think, uh, 
you know, just diving into it when I need to. And then also there's on the flip side of that, you know, getting away from it and not just uh, chasing ghosts and sitting there too much into it. Just, you know, let, let my instinct play. Darnell Wright, our remaining moments here on Bears Weekly. You're on ESPN 1000 of the Bears Radio Network. Uh, now just a quick five-pack of fun stuff. Ready? Favorite TV show? Uh, Adventure Time. All right. Would you rather give up appetizers or desserts for the rest of your life? Mm. I say desserts. <laughs> what would be the title of your autobiography? Um, that's my name. All right. Darnell Wright in big bowl letters. That's that speaks of strength. Deepest fear. Uh, Could be none. I don't have some fears. <laughs> Uh, animals, dogs. <laughs> and a bucket list vacation spot when you do find the time to get away from it all. The beach, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Darnell, we appreciate you. You had, had a wonderful year. Great starting point for your career. And now the best is yet to come for you and the Chicago Bears. Appreciate it. Darnell, right, our guest. We'll continue with Tom Thayer after this break on Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak, on the Bears Radio Network. Hey, this segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer after Darnell Wright. Uh, here's Luke Getze today on the rookie's season. The veterans uh, have done a really good job in this building to... Uh guide people like Darnell, um, his work habits, um, his structure of his schedule, you know, all that stuff. Like you can see a guy becoming a pro, um, his work ethic on the football field is, is outstanding. His mentality, like the guy's a competitor, like it doesn't matter what we're doing. The guy wants to compete and he wants to win. And I think, you know, you put all that together, you give yourself a chance and then you match it with his athleticism and power. Uh, now you, you know, you have the potential to have a pretty special player and it's, and, uh, you know, credit to Simo and Steck and those guys, um, you know, getting him where he is now, but, uh, you know, we're really excited about where he can go and then, and, uh, you know, it'll be up to him. Uh, how far he wants to take this thing. Yeah, you know, he mentioned that, Tom. It's up to him. It was told to him by Chris Morgan, the man they call Simo. And, uh, you know, what I like about it, because you've taught me offensive line uh, on those pulls, is he hits his landmarks. There, there's there's a track. There's a track to wipe out the guy, whether it's a, a, a pull off to the right or a pull across the formation. That, to me, is one of the most beautiful things an offensive lineman could do. And uh, you taught me you got to have that landmark. you gotta, you got you to gotta make it tight. Yeah, well, the key ingredient in any pull is not showing off your pull before you do it because that is a lot of evidence that you give away to an opponent, to an opponent's defense, to the linebacker position and the defensive line. And if you do show your pull too much and you're uneven in your balance and you're giving a lot of pre-snap indicators that are harmful to the play, and Darnell doesn't do that. And I think that he's come aboard um, initially that he's a lot more mature in his playing ability than a lot of, you know, that a lot of people see because he's only an offensive lineman like all of us. It's not a high-profile, you know, attractive position. It's a lonely position that, that you know, it's a great position when you play it. However, I really like the interview with Darnell because I don't want to hear a rookie a guy that's drafted as high as he is and he's been productive as he has been in his rookie year to be tooting his own horn. I think the more that you interview through him throughout his career, the trust he's going to gain and the more 
outgoing he's going to become. So I think um, Ryan Poles and his staff did a nice job evaluating the player who's going to afford the longest successful career. And it, uh, it is Darnell Wright. And listen, I was one of those guys that was thinking about Carter, the defensive lineman from Georgia, may be the right pick. But now what I've seen out of Darnell, I'm happy that Ryan Poles stuck to his decision and made the right choice. Ryan did his homework big time. And, of course, the workout that happened uh, is, is almost legendary down, at, uh, down in Knoxville at the University of Tennessee, just how hard he worked him to find out if he was going to have any quit in him. And there was none. And that's what he wanted to find out. He found out, you know, like you always say, if, if, if you want to find out about a guy, you'd put him in the weight room and you'd, you'd sit there and, and yep. you'd work out with him to find yep. out, you know, find out what they're all about. Um, and we're learning also what Braxton Jones is all about as well. Uh, second year, fifth round pick out of Southern Utah. Here's Getz's analysis earlier today. So that, that's been reflective in his play. I think here's a guy who, you know, he got here, um, you know, was kind of quiet, you know, didn't run off the ball, wasn't real physical. Uh, but then he got this confidence about him last year and started believing in his game and and uh, that showed up this year. I mean, you see the way he runs off the rock. I mean, he got called for a false start in the game. That's because he was anticipating the snap count, and maybe Lucas was just a tick late with it. That wasn't like a false start because he's ready to go rip. He's ready to go. Like, he's ready to run. You know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago in Cleveland when we, we had the we were using him to get out on the perimeter, and he's burying a DB. Like, all that stuff has just been really cool uh, to see him, him grow and have that mentality. He's a super smart guy, so he can handle a lot. Uh, but the mentality part of it has been really the coolest part about his game and the way his game is translating. And would you agree? 100%. He's a super athlete. He uses his length well. He's got good body control when he is a run blocker or when he's pulling to the outside. However, I will say this, and I've always said it, uh, Braxton needs to invest time in the weight room. He needs to become that offensive lineman that puts power on display in his pass blocking as much as he does his athleticism, versatility, and his run blocking. And I think that's going to be the deciding factor in any offensive tackle's long career. And you and I had a chance a couple weeks ago when we talked to Mike Ken, who an uh, offensive tackle that played 17 years for the Atlanta Falcons, and he was 6'7". He was also enormously strong weight room guy. And so just because you're long doesn't mean you can't be strong. And so to me – that would be one of the things that I would encourage Braxton Jones the most is to invest time in that weight room to try to set your goals that may be unrealistically obtainable, but you try to climb for them and it's going to get you stronger in the long run. Let's talk about that length as it, as it pertains to the weight room, in particular the bench press, which is the, uh, the level that uh, these guys are graded at, how many times you can throw it up in the air at the combine. But the, the, the idea is that longer arms make it harder to be a good bench presser. What is your opinion about that? Hey, listen, I'll, I'll quote Clyde Emmerich, the greatest strength coach of all time. Speed is strength and strength is speed. It's how quickly you try to move the weight. Listen, you, Jeff, you know Dan Hampton as well as anybody. And you, when you look at Dan Hampton's frame right now, he's a big man. He's a long guy. He's one of the best and strongest power cleaners in the history of the Bears organization. Hmm. And it's because of the speed he moved the weight. And so when you look at him, do you say, oh, my God, this guy's not going to bench 500? 
but he's going to power clean over 300 pounds, 315, 325, 330 pounds, which is an enormous amount of weight. So I'm not saying Braxton Jones has to live under a 500-pound bench, but the more repetitions that he can do at a heavier weight is going to make his body stronger, which is going to compute to football strength. And it's the same thing as squats. He's got a really long frame. So it's not easy for him to squat it. It is for somebody like me that's a, a tad under 6'4". And because I have a, a shorter distance, I have to move the weight. But when you try to atri- achieve the numbers, it just gives you a lot of confidence in the strength part of the game. Want VIP access to every Bears home game? Exclusive seating, sideline credentials, and more are now available. Get the ultimate VIP fan package this season by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Let's stick on the offense. 37 points last week. Arrow up, Luke Getze? I wouldn't even look at it like that as far as points. I really I really don't try to do that. You know, you want to look at your execution. You want to make sure that you're you're doing things that are fundamentally sound or your players' fundamentals where they're supposed to be. Um, are, are you giving yourself a chance in, in, in every situation? And, and there's areas we got to improve on. There's areas we're doing well. And I think as long as we continue to get better at those things and start to, you know, continue to eliminate the things that we're not doing so well or that we need to get a little bit better at, that's, that's the track, right? The points – make it look better, but the wins are what we're trying to get. And you have to win games a bunch of different ways in this league. It's not always, you know, what Baltimore and Miami had last week. That's like whatever. You you dream of that for every game, but that's not realistic in this game. When you're going to Lambeau Field, like, you know, you're coming, you're going in for a grimy game. Yeah, well, they're going to be facing a zone-heavy attack with a an elite front, as he indicated, and can the Bears score that kind of point total on the, on the, on the home-standing Green Bay Packers, who have given up – a lot of yards, their numbers aren't great on the defensive side of the ball, but individually they've got players that turn your head, certainly on the front and Jair Alexander on the back and some others. But I, but I thought that was such a great answer by Luke. One of my favorite answers of all year because it's not the amount of points you score. It's about how well organized of an attack that you have from all the players, their jobs, where they're supposed to be, the decision-making process, everything – that computes to points. And I think it was a really uh, a super educated answer by the offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, and to make sure that it's more important of the function of the offense than it is the points you score. All right. So what he's going to encounter, Justin Fields, against these Packers, a topic as well. That's the the big thing that they do. They have an elite front, right? And so you have this elite front that makes you uh, not – be able to hold the ball very long, and then you have these zone defenders that are their eyes are on you and, and, and playing to your game. So that's the that's what they play into. And then you know, and then like the 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 few number of explosives that these guys give up too. So like you're not getting behind them. So you, you got to be detailed. You got to be in time. Uh, timing and rhythm is critical when you play zone defenses like this. And then the rest of the guys have to be on too, right? Violent to the tuck, drop step, getting vertical, all that stuff. You know, making sure we have good ball security because that's what that's what when you play these teams that have the vision to the ball, they're going to be you know the Context going to happen right away. Yeah, and in five games against the Packers, Justin has thrown a pick in each of those five games, nine giveaways in five games, and that's my emphasis this week from from my perspective is the, the takeaways. I mean, the takeaways and the turnovers, uh, you, you need the takeaways and you can't have the turnovers on the road in that place with the team trying to get in the playoffs. Well, you only have this luxury one game a year, and it's the last game of the year. If you don't like the throw, then run. If you think that you can put the team on the defensive 
if you can make them change their thinking process, if you can make the defensive coordinator sit up on that booth or on the field curious of what the quarterback's next decision is going to be, then you're starting to create a confusion that affects the way they play defense. You're always thinking about the next week staying healthy and making sure that you're on the field. Just This is the type of game that Justin can be the most threatening, dynamic athlete in the NFL that he is that can change the thinking process of players and coaches alike on the defensive side of the ball. All right, so the Bears do have two pro bowlers. The Packers, one of, what, four teams that did not have a pro bowler named. Um, their, their, their record and their numbers are eerily similar to last season when they had Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but this year they've got Jordan Love throwing 30 touchdowns and 29 of those touchdowns going to first or second year targets. Receivers. Amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, but some of the guys that will be wreaking havoc, hopefully, against Jordan Love, is, it, one of them is, is Montez Sweat. This is a compilation of his comments today uh, of how he learned about becoming a pro bowler. He was called into Hallis Hall, as was Jalen Johnson. You can check it out on the Bears website for the video. Told them they wanted to talk about some things, and here they <laughs> sprung it on him, and it was a surprise. Here's Sweat. Yeah, it was pretty surreal. Um, coach hit me up, told me uh, you got to go over the game plan. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of figured something was up. <clears throat> but, <laughs> but, yeah, man, they presented me the Pro Bowl. I was really uh, lost of words, man. I'm blessed uh, to get my first one. It means a lot. Uh, it's my fifth year in the league. Uh, it's something that I, every player aspires to get. I've been working a long, long time to get to to get to this point where I am, and I'm still not satisfied. Things are definitely uh, start to slow down as as the uh, as the year is coming to an end. Uh, you get to analyze the whole the whole year from start to finish, and uh, to say that I'd be a pro bowler now, I wouldn't I wouldn't have guessed it. But I'm nothing. I'm, I'm nothing but thankful and blessed for it. Even though the the things that I've done on tape and the, the the things that we've been up, been able to do, do as a group, <laughs> um, I, I, do, I just feel like there's a lot more on the table. It's a, it's a lot more goals I want to reach, and it's a lot more things I uh, want to do. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a a, a relief. Uh, it's definitely a respect thing. It's nice to get noticed by the league and by your teammates. But uh, yeah, I'm still it's a what you done late for me league. So yeah, it's pr- it's pretty cool. Um, but I don't I don't really want to take. Uh, Take credit for what these guys have been able to do around here, man. These these boys is really stepping up. They've been playing their asses off. So uh, credit to them. I, I'm I'm the one getting the credit now, but it's it's really all because of those boys. Yes, yeah, all I'm really worried about right now, just ending the season on a good note. Uh, I understand it's a it's a rivalry game around here. I'm kind of new to it. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm just looking forward to helping them do that. Yeah, help, helping it stop a nine-game losing streak to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the last Bears win in Green Bay came on Thanksgiving in 2015, Week 12, uh, a 17-13 Bears win. Uh, still the first player in NFL history to lead two teams in sacks at any point in the season. So if he finishes the job and no one uh, springs to life in Washington, I think it'll be a cool thing. I, I've never heard of anything like this, and he, he's he's got that lead right now, and I hope he does get it. Nobody trades pass rushers in the NFL, especially guys with as bright as the future and in their 20s like a guy like Montez Sweat. I'm super proud of him, and I'm happy for him for what he's done with his attitude and for this team since he's come aboard because we were out. We played the commanders this year, and we were out there, and we saw that 
that atmosphere of what they were facing in Washington. And so I couldn't be happier for Montez. And he's not a secret to us because he's the same guy that we talked a lot about after what he was able to do in the combine and how much we talked about him at that point and kind of followed and tracked his career. And I hope he's only scratching the surface of how dominant that ultimately he's going to be in the next five, six, seven years. All right, coming up, we'll hear Jalen Johnson's reaction to being a pro baller. It's all coming up next here on Bears Weekly on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. Segment of Bears Weekly brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an in-clinic or virtual appointment and start feeling better tomorrow. Jeff and Tom getting you ready for Bears Packers. Uh, the injury report today, uh, no work for Jalen Johnson, shoulder injury, but he did an interview in the locker room, says, yeah, he's, he's going to try and go. He wants to play in this game. He also explained uh, his reaction when he found out from Coach Eberflus and General Manager Ryan Poles that he was headed to the Pro Bowl. I would just say, honestly, just blessed, fortunate to – be in the position to have the voting, um, to have the favor go my way. Um, but I mean, honestly, just just blessed. Guys, the guys been doing, guys been doing this thing this year for sure. I mean, I've always wanted some things to go a little differently, but I think everything has worked out perfectly this year. And I mean, hopefully, I got I got one more award left in me, um, and I think that it's very tangible, and I, I believe it's on its way. So I mean, just really looking forward to this ending this year off right and. Hopefully getting some more accolades. No, I mean, never downplayed it. One just outweighed the other one. But, I mean, both of them are still good, prestigious, I feel like, awards. Um, so, I mean, as far as, I mean, all pro go, that's definitely still the one I want. I want more. But it was definitely still a good feeling to have. I think I'll I'll be able to soak it in more, I think, after season's over with and then when I start planning to actually get, get down there. But, I mean, right now I haven't. Like I haven't seen too many graphics or anything really come out about it, so it's like it hasn't it hasn't truthfully hit me yet. I kind of just soak it in internally, but I haven't seen too much externally. I knew something was kind of fishy though, because they tried to call me in for an exit interview early, and the influencer talking about watching game, like going over game film and going up with game plan. I'm like, we too late in the year for us to just be trying to do do different things. So I mean, I knew I knew something was up, and then I kind of had a feeling I was like, eh. and then they told me to bring my family, so I'm like, you can't be talking about nothing too serious. So you know, it, 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 it was. It was a good moment. Yeah, happy for Jalen. Wants that all-pro title as well, which you always say is the one you really want to get the notification if you're an all-pro, especially first-team all-pro. You've done something really well. Listen, first-team all-pro, all-pro, second-team all-pro, that's the legitimate award that shows you've accomplished quite a bit in whatever season it is in the NFL. And uh, it's funny that Jalen kind of sniffed out the – deal that they were calling him in to watch film with his family because the only time they ever called me to walk in early is when they were going to cut me. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah. I'm happy, though, for Jalen because he's had an enormous amount of pressure on him since the beginning of the season because of the ch- contract situation and everything. And he's had a, a great season. And uh, John Hoke has done a great job with the cornerback position specifically and uh you know he's rewarded with what his he set out to accomplish yeah look what he's done Jalen and you look at Kyler Gordon second best slot coverage defender in the league according to pro football focus and their grading that came out today Tyreek Stevenson since week 15 four forced incompletions plus three interceptions quarterback rating of under 48 against Atlanta 
Two catches, 28 yards, two interceptions on six targets. Uh, the unit overall defensively, 17 turnovers since week 11, number one in the NFL. All of it. All well, of it. You know, Very impressive. One thing I like about Tyreek Stevenson is I think three times this year he's had to leave the game because he's been nicked up. Every single time he's returned to the yes. game. He's the most physical cornerback that the, the Bears have. And I, I admire his courage. I as, admire his willingness to come back on the field, even if he gets, you know, a little bit off center for a minute or two. But um, he's answered the bell, and I, I think the Bears coaches have done a great job of getting him prepared since training camp. Linebackers coach Dave Borgonzi uh, was the uh, defensive coach to talk today at the podium to address uh, the development and what Jordan Love is getting done right now for the Packers. Really effective passer. Uh, I think he's got 30 touchdowns this year. Uh, ball's coming out on time. Um, does a really good job moving in the pocket. Uh, really distributes the ball well to uh, his receivers and the backs. Um, he, he's, been, he's been really good. You're obviously aware of the year and how many twists and turns and turbulence there was within it. When you see where this team has emerged going into to Week 18, what, what are your takeaways in terms of why this team wasn't derailed and, and now is finishing the year the way it is? Yeah, I think it speaks to the leadership um, from the head coach to the general manager to the, you know, the leaders on the team. Um, just to stay the course, trust the process, and it's a resilient group. And uh, proud of, I think everybody's proud of what we've, you know, accomplished to where we started to, you know, where, we, where we're at now. Yeah, I think that's all true. Uh, sometimes it's hard to stick to the process, especially when, you know, if, if things keep backfiring, it's hard for players to accept the process. But they have, they've stayed together tight, completely different football team. Yeah, like Dave says, everybody has a hand in it, but nobody has a more important hand in it than the role of the players because they're the ones that spend the most time together behind closed doors, whether it's waiting for your coach to get there for meetings or sitting in the locker room when you're getting ready or getting uh, undressed after practice. There's a lot of conversation that goes on that can either keep the narrative positive or create an extremely negative narrative that can completely collapse uh, an entire organization. And that's never been the case. And so, when you look at some of the free agents that Ryan has brought in and how positive of a, you know, effect that they've had in the locker room, what an important role the rookies have played in the locker room, and just the fact that Matt has been able to keep this group together and, and have just a, just a really good constructive working atmosphere in that locker room. Uh, the rest of the injury report, by the way, still no Darnell Mooney, Tyson Bajan's under the weather, Patrick Scales with a foot, so they have a long snapper came in, Matt Overton. Uh, they did work out some special teams players today at Hallisaw. Cole Komet limited today, so it looks like he's getting better. Khalil Herbert also limited, and he got a lot of praise from Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator of the Packers. He spoke uh, glowingly about Khalil Herbert. They have respect for him and they respect him in the passing game and the screen game as well. But the run game respect, uh, you, you must. You must respect the Bears' run game over the last two seasons. It's been very good, very productive, and I, I get it. it. Justin's had a big hand in that as well, certainly more last year than this year. But uh, the Bears like running the ball, and they do a nice job of running the ball. The last two weeks have done a nice job.
Oh, no doubt. Uh, Chris Morgan has got to be complimented as well because he's kept this offensive line together, even though there's been some changes, uh, you know, throughout the whole year. And yeah, I, I, Khalil Herbert is a heck of a compliment to the, to the offensive line, Roshan and Deontay Foreman. You can't ignore what he has done with when he's had his opportunity. So when you have, you know, a staple that you believe that you can go into any environment and still have that as your main asset. If it is your running game, you're always going to have a chance to win the game. Packers injury reports long, Tom. They got five guys did not practice, six limited. A bunch of guys were full today again, but it's a pretty, it seems like it. Every, don't believe every, it. Don't, don't believe, believe it. Don't, don't believe it. the hype. <laughs> that is, I tell you, that is, you know, there's an exact opposite that some coaches don't want to put anybody on the injury report, even though they are banged up. And then there's some coaches that want to list their entire team, even though they're not bad. So you kind of, you're kind of a tr- trying to pull the old Hoboken hustle where you're <laughs> trying to sucker the team into thinking that someone's not going to be there. And then all of a sudden play one, there uh-huh. comes that player trotting on the field. Yeah, I see that Packer love coming through right now, Tom. I see it. Remember that time you wanted to go, you wanted to hunt down Brett Favre in the locker room? Uh-huh. You remember what A couple what that... times I have. <laughs> A couple times. <clears throat> I still would. No, if was, I could buy Mike, Aaron Rodgers, I'd do the same. The, the Mike Strahan, right? Uh, well, yeah, it's the lay down for Mike Strahan. That's completely offensive to all offensive linemen in the history of the game. Um, and then the other one was is when Warren Sapp went and passed up hitting Air, uh, Brett Favre after he threw an interception and went and hit, I think, Chad Clifton, one of their offensive linemen. And then Brett Favre was walking off the field kind of smiling and laughing. And I was completely offended as an offensive lineman. And Chad Clifton, I think it was, I it could have been somebody else, but I think it was Chad Clifton. <clears throat> he kind of had his pelvis uh, right. displaced oh, yeah. because, of, because of that hit. And so anytime that a quarterback takes, uh, you know, that type of relationship with the defensive lineman from the opponent, I'm always personally offended. As a broadcaster, have you ever told another player or coach to say, hey, Go tell somebody I want to talk to him. I want I want them out here. I want to talk to him. Have you ever done that? I I told uh, Doug Peterson when he was the assistant, the quarterback coach for the Green Bay Packers. Okay, that if you could go <laughs> go and get Brett Favre, I'd like to tell him what I think of him about laying down for Strahan. Oh my, that's hilarious! All right, we'll continue our last segment ahead here on Bears Weekly on ESPN Chicago and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak, on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly brought to you by CDW. People to get it, Jeff and Tom, at the final moments before we turn it over to Bleck and Abdallah. Thanks for listening, everybody. So, if I'm not mistaken, week one, DJ Moore had two targets. That will not happen, cannot happen in week 18. Need to re. Uh, we need to look at the uh, game plan because DJ Moore is not going to end this game with two targets. He's a guy that has got snubbed for the Pro Bowl, and he deserves multiple targets near that ten mark week in and week out. 
Yeah, that Pro Bowl thing, we keep talking about T.J. Edwards, but D.J. Moore, I mean, wow, he had a career year, and it's not over yet, 1,300 yards and eight touchdowns plus one run of the football. So it's been uh, a tremendous season for D.J. Moore in many, many different ways, the leadership component and what the quality guy is in the locker room as well. A couple quick nuggets before we go, Tom. Uh, I know you appreciate the high school level. NFL gave the uh, nominees for the 2023 Don Shula High School Coach of the Year Award, Derek Leonard, who led Rochester to a 59-38-4A title win over St. Lawrence, is the Chicago Bears nominee for the Don Shula. And you played for Coach Shula for one season in Miami. Uh, So a good recognition there for that program. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Quite an accomplishment to get recognized like that. You know, what a – just a great thing it is for your players and your program. And uh, Bears president and CEO Kevin Warren and his wife Greta announcing a uh, their family foundation $1 million pledge to Lurie Children's Center for Cancer and Blood Disorders in support of Chicago families with a childhood cancer or serious blood or uh, disorder diagnosis. Uh, it honors his, uh, Mr. Warren's late sister, Carolyn Elaine Warren Knox's legacy. She passed uh, several years ago from brain cancer. Quite the... Hey, he's amazing. I, he's I saw that today on the Bears website. So what a, what a gracious uh, couple that they are and what a, a program to add financial assets. All right, Tom, don't peek too soon for Bears Packers. 325 Never. to kick off right here on ESPN. Thanks to all of our producers and you for listening and to Darnell Wright, our guest. This has been Bears Weekly on the new radio home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears Weekly. Hosted by the Mayor of Bearsville, Jeff Juniak, and Surfmaster Tom Thayer. Podcasts are available on the Chicago Bears official app. Bears Weekly has been brought to you by Apple Podcasts, Bet Rivers, IGS Energy, and Miller Lite.